Who's that on CNN right now? CNN, some uh, some person. Every day I see her. I sit down here and she does, I guess she does the, what, 1 p.m. news? She's so judgmental and snooty, looking down on everybody. Uh, here she is showing police body camera video shows fatal shooting of unarmed black man. And she's tis, 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 tisking away and judging and... Yeah, I'm sure she's walked the beat. Does she know anything? Do any of these people know anything? They don't. They don't. I wonder what the world would be like if the mainstream media ran it, huh? Uh, Can you imagine if Don Lemon ran the world, huh? Could you? I mean, just they don't understand that they're supposed to be observers. The problem with our professional observers, they're not observing anything. They're looking at themselves in the mirror. They worship themselves with this silly 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 social media uh i <laughs> i just it's and there's somebody on the white house lawn look it's easy to pick on joe biden or anybody but every president every president they're just sitting there critiquing 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 i know i do some of that but you got to admit you got to cut me this all right i've had my ass in the grass i have had my i put my you know what on the line as uh jackie heinrich as Ryan Young, as Casey, whatever her name, all these little fake news people running around. I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. So it's kind of a quiet Friday. It's a weird, it's a weird moment. Uh, Joe Biden did nothing to allay anybody's fears or concerns about what the hell is going on. Uh, I will say this. Joe Biden gave a speech back in September and he totally encapsulated in one sentence, how I feel. Cut 18, please cut 18. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. It's not normal. None of this stuff is normal. It's not normal to let China balloons fly all the way across the country. It's not normal, two seconds later, to be shooting at weather balloons and radio balloons and kids' balloons and recreational balloons. Going nuts. The FBI. I think it was that the military readjusted their radar so it would pick up just about anything out there because Joe desperately needed some stuff to shoot at to make him look like a like a tough guy, like a tough guy. Hey, uh, more on that in a moment. I don't know why everybody, I got the morning show cuts here, right, and everybody, but half of these morning show cuts are about what happened on The View, as if The View is the United States Senate. It's not every day I come in, like, The View said this, The View said that. I mean, I know it's... Sometimes it's amusing. And actually, this is one of those occasions. I do want to, uh, what the hell happened to Whoopi Goldberg? I actually remember when she was kind of cool. I remember when she was kind of regular. And she kind of knew what's what. She's a New Yorker, by the way. That's part of it. Now I think she's gone totally woke. She's gone totally uh, Hollywood. She resisted for a while, even though she was like the darling of Hollywood. She got, she has got, what do they call those people again? EGOTs. Emmy, Golden Globe, Oscar, and a Tony. All right? She's won an Emmy, Golden Globe, Oscar, and a Tony. Every war award we have to get in entertainment, she has won. Yet she's running around talking about institutional racism. All right? So uh, cut one, please. Cut one. 
He wants to argue that Florida mandates uh, teaching black history. It's been mandated since 1994, but funding was never mandated. It's been poorly enforced, and 11 of 67 of Florida school districts are considered to be truly meeting the mandate. Most districts limit instruction on black history to Black History Month. Then, you should also know, Florida's statute doesn't want students to, persu to persuade towards a view that goes against state academic standards but Ron your own statute says students should learn to understand the ramifications of prejudice and racism but when you cherry-pick and you decide what is going to be taught it makes it hard for me to take you seriously because you're saying you know queer black history isn't black history well queer history is american history is black history there are black gay folks hey queer history is pretty queer let's face it okay it's queer it's weird I, who needs it who needs it queer history what is queer lgbtq you know, it used to be a bad word. It's, it used to be a pejorative. Now, I don't know what it represents. LGBTQ, queer or questioning? I wonder if um, Whoopi Goldberg would be good at uh, chasing down all those statutes and ensuring that the funding reaches the 67 school districts, I guess. I mean, <laughs> that's it's kind of complicated. Administrative. It's easy as hell to take an article from the Daily Mail and just uh, say a bunch of stuff. To actually do stuff, to actually administer, to actually manage. And that's what none of these people have ever done in their lives. They know nothing other than rip and read, rip and read, sit there. And this goes for print journalists as well. You ever been written about? They almost get everything wrong. From beginning to end, they get it all wrong. Uh, I don't understand why we can't cut them some slack in East Palestine, Ohio, FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, well known for their post-hurricane screw-ups, will not come to the rescue of these people. They're like looking at their own regulations. Well, technically, we are not allowed to respond to blah, 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 uh, bend the rules or get somebody to issue a waiver. Uh, they have a governor in Ohio, DeWine. Sometimes it takes a while for someone's ineptitude to be totally exposed, but it's totally exposed. Guy's been in government his entire life, his entire adult life. It's like, well, we, re we reserve the right to write a letter to the EPA and FEMA in the coming weeks. If the situation changes, we may want them to revisit their decision. So, all right, Governor DeWine. Wow. You know, there's leadership. There's Rudy Giuliani leadership on 9-11. George Pataki leadership post 9-11. And then there's Mike DeWine. He's going to possibly write a letter in three weeks. How's that going to go over with the folks in Ohio? I think there's a reason why the people are getting screwed over there in Ohio. Have you noticed anything? Huh? Take a good look at these people in Ohio. Notice anything? I noticed something. They're white working class people. They are the lowest status people in America these days. They were before. Trump recognized that they were being ignored. He spoke to them. And now we're back to ignoring them. People. Just good old-fashioned people. Should it matter that they're white? Should it matter? But it does. And that makes them less sympathetic. Cut 28, please. Cut 28. 
I have property that I own here and I have a well and I want to know what's going on with this. Is this seeping going to keep seeping into our ground, into our water? Now that we're home, you don't know what to think. You know, suspicious and paranoid and worried. I think we all want answers. Everybody wants to know what the hell's in the air, in the water. I want to know what I sucked into my lungs. Norfolk Southern should have a presence here. I mean, it was their train cars that went off the rail. I mean, it seems highly inappropriate that you wouldn't have Norfolk Southern here to at least say something. Yeah. Gosh. Poor people. They're getting ignored. And uh, they just want this thing to blow over, literally blow over. All right. Once the the smoke clears and everybody, the media goes home and and that's it. And there is a chairman of the railroad. Can you imagine if you ran something, if you were in charge of uh, a big company and the company screwed up? This is a major deal for a railroad. A thousand car train pile up and the head of the company won't come to what too good for you. He actually is saying he's worried about the people there, that they may turn on him, that they're this is the excuse for everything now. Oh, security. My security is at risk. I I feel uncomfortable about it. The guy makes at least uh, five million dollars a year before bonus, before bonus. He's so worried about his security. Alan Shaw, I think his name is. Uh, Get some security. Just hire some. And these are good people. They're not going to hurt you. They just want answers. <laughs> Have a couple of cops in the room and find out what's going on. Hey, DeWine is no good. You know who's been pretty good is um, uh, J.D. Vance. He's the new U.S. senator from Ohio on the ground. That's what it takes. It's a big part of leadership, showing up. Uh, Woody Allen said 90% of life is showing up. Hey, who's not showing up? Fetterman. Fetterman, John Fetterman. I mean, to check into the hospital for depression, that's got to mean you're like suicidal. Hope he gets the help he needs. Uh, I think they were dishonest with all of us, especially you guys in Pennsylvania. Uh, Did he legitimately win that election? Go on stage like this? Oh, one of the things, and one of the things you don't want mail-in voting, you know, a campaign is a campaign, and it comes to a kind of a conclusion on election day. And they wedged the debate in there at the very last minute. So when Fetterman spoke like this, there wasn't anything really too many people could do about it because 80 percent of the state had already voted. Cut 29, please. Cut 29. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Uh, I, I I do support fracking, and I don't I don't I support fracking, and I stand and I do support fracking. Okay, got it. You support fracking. Uh, what else is going on with you? Not just the stroke that they tried to paper over, but this uh, clinical depression the guy settles from uh, suffers from. Hey, again, I'll say it, John Fetterman. Uh, You know, these psychiatrists, I know most of them mean well and the pills and all that stuff. And I went down that route a couple of times. God is the one who can bail you out of all that stuff. All right. And the cure for anxiety. And actually, they they write it out right right there in the Bible. Cure for anxiety. Uh, Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own. And then uh, Jesus 
talks about how, look, look at the birds. Huh? Look at the birds. The birds have been here forever. And they always have enough to eat. They all, We always take care of those birds. So you're a lot more important than a bird. You're going to be taken care of. Don't worry about it so much. Don't worry. It really helped. It really is so much. John Fetterman, get better. In the meantime, uh, I don't like these politicians lying about their health condition. I got a letter from the doctor to Joe Biden saying the man is in perfect health for an 80-year-old. Very, very vigorous. No mention about his cancer. No mention about his cancer. I believe that Joe Biden has cancer uh, because Joe Biden told me so. Cut 30. This is November of 2022. What's that? Three months ago or so. Cut 30. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. It had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. I and so many other people I grew up with have cancer. And the tables will tell you a guy that age, right, where he he's got cancer. He's had it. He's he, he does. It's not on the medical report. It's uh, he said it out loud. But I'm supposed to believe he doesn't have cancer. No, he does. This is uh, what about transparency, right? What about it? They won't give it to us until it's too late. Be right back. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Radio 77 WABC and WABCradio.com. This is the Greg Kelly Show. This whole talk about AIDS makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's talk? Not acor- Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll if you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s and 40s. I don't necessarily. 40s. Oh, I got another I'm not saying decade. I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that, you know, politicians aren't in their prime. I think prime need to qualify. Are you talking about prime for, like, child-bearing? Or are you talking don't shoot about the message prime just for being president? What the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home, when is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime. And they need to be in their prime when they serve. Because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to Google, you know, Google or whatever it is. Google or whatever it is. All right, that's uh, Don Lemon getting himself in trouble, I guess, on uh, the CNN morning show. Nobody has ever watched the show. Uh, It's just basically a blooper reel, you know, America's Funniest Home Videos, that kind of thing, and it makes news. Uh, Let's see, Poppy Harlow. uh, Poppy? Is that her real name? Poppy Poppy Harlow was the one sitting there, and she got all offended. That's the thing you can do these days. Uh, You know, if you get offended, oh, boy, is that an opportunity? You can you can really you can make money on that. Oh, he offended me and made me uncomfortable. And she walked off the set. And now he's not there. You know, you roll with it. Somebody says something stupid. You call You can just deal with it right then and there. I had a live uh, TV morning show. All kinds of crazy stuff is said all the time. Uh, sometimes people just totally the envelope was much bigger. It's much bigger than people realize. Was that the worst thing in the world? I will say this when what's her name? Nikki Haley. It's just as look, I'll tell you right now, I'm in my 50s. And when you're when you suddenly when you get into your 50s, you realize 70 ain't that far away. You know, it's just like, gosh, everybody, if you're lucky, is going to get older. And it did cross my mind that anybody 
man or woman in their 50s going around. I found it a little ageist, quite frankly, what Nikki Haley was doing the other day when she said this. Do me a favor. Where is it? Uh, Cut 31. This is Nikki Haley, her big uh, debut as a presidential candidate. Cut 31. We'll have term limits for Congress. And mandatory mental competency tests for politicians over 75 years old. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I think we can just look at somebody and know whether they're competent or or not. I don't need some test to tell me that Joe Biden is out of it, not cognitively there. And I can actually uh, look at Donald Trump and see, you know what, this guy is there. And oh, by the way, he was talking about cognitive tests a long time ago. Hey, they can't be mandatory. You can look in the Constitution. The requirements to be president are very, very minimal. You got to be 35 years old or up and born in America or at least on American soil, uh, I think. Uh, That one's a little convoluted. I mean, Ted Cruz was born, I think, in Canada, but he's an American citizen. What's his name? John McCain was born in Panama. Uh... Uh, so I'm not sure about that, but uh, here's Trump on the competency, competency test, cut 32. Go back to that question and repeat them. Can you do it? And you go, person, woman, man, camera, TV. They say, that's amazing. How did you do that? I do it because I have like a good memory because I'm cognitively there. He's cognitively there. He uh, he pre- anticipated this debate. Uh, does he come back? I mean, people have said a lot worse than Don uh, Don Lemon, right? 40, I, he could just say, well, of childbearing years. Is the prime of life for a woman when she's of childbearing years? I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I think a prime of life is basically 20, the age of 20 to the age of 90, male or female. Well, we're going <laughs> to going to crucify the guy all the stuff that's being yelled and screamed all the time how dare he say that what did he even say again hey you want to see something that they should all apologize for their cornball idea of a morning show do we have this thing ready all right look at this this is a this would be considered fresh tv it were for 1979 go ahead this is the promo for the cnn morning show Your first time live on CNN was on my show? I think so. You were the first anchor to really put me on their show. When did you start? 2008? Yeah. and 2006. The, 2006 was my freshman year. Of high school. College. Yeah. High school. Actually, I was in eighth grade. You were in eighth grade? <laughs> a morning show is like when people walk into a diner. You come in and you get whatever amount of news that you can and you start your day. People's time is so valuable yeah. that yeah. if they have 15 minutes to watch the news, that's a lot of time. We need to cover more what is happening across America? I knew he was a real friend when you flew to Slovenia for our wedding. And all my friends from Minnesota were like, oh my God, that's Don Lemon. And I was like, I work at CNN too. <laughs> what do you think this new show will be? It's your job to connect all the dots. And for someone who's like getting ready with their kids in the morning or has like five minutes to watch the news, people just want to be hurt. It's really all of Wow. Uh, pretty sucky show, right? <laughs> What, 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 other than uh, how young and old everybody is, what, what's the big takeaway? We need to cover more news across the nation. 
That's really innovative. They actually brought in a camera crew and rented out a coffee shop, and they did hair and makeup, and they did multiple takes for that line. Uh, are we? Do we have to? We're good. Are you, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, wait. What? What? Everything all right? Nine eleven here. Everything good? Oh. Uh, all right. And everything's under control. No news. But I gotta go. I'll be right back. Real New York 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Have we gotten to the bottom of how many people have been to Epstein Island? I keep hearing uh, all kinds of allegations, but is that list, do we have it? Do we have it a thousand percent yet? No. Uh, But who the hell has been there? Uh, (laughs) I'm seeing some funny names. Man, this this guy was friends with a lot of people. I'm not going to say any of these names because uh, some of these guys are so rich and so lawyered up, they probably would like to sue. And it's just on some Twitter account. But man, oh man, everybody was there. Everybody went to Epstein Island. Why would you be friends with uh, with that guy anyway? I saw him once. I saw Jeffrey Epstein once, and I gave him a dirty look. I just gave him a dirty look. He was at some Broadway premiere that I went to. Uh, what, I forgot what. Big Fish, Small Fish, uh, Big Tuna, something. And um, he was there, and he was wearing. He was dressed like just Jerry Seinfeld from the Seinfeld era from the nineteen nineties. He had those like light blue, blue jeans that are slightly baggy, you know, acid washed and uh, uh, sneakers. And they weren't cool sneakers. I mean, they were like Converse or uh, you know, Pumas or something like that. And they were just like, he just looked dorky. But I gave him a dirty look because that was after the guy had been convicted of, uh, well, molesting children. And I think there are certain things you just kind of go away. You just don't, you don't go drop, pop over. You're not a man about town in Manhattan. Right? Right? I mean, I don't want to be whatever, but I, yeah, I don't, you, you get, you, you, you got to eject guys like that. Uh, but people remained his friend. Hey, one guy who did not, and it's always, always, always misrepresented is uh, Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz did some legal work for this guy. Uh, he went to one of his seminars at Harvard, but after it all came out, after, I mean, before the thing where he died, but years ago when he did that time in Florida, weekend sentence for molesting those kids, he was done with Epstein as far as socializing with the guy. He did do some legal work, and that's not that's not disgraceful. You can do you lawyers. <laughs> that's the way the system works. Okay. Even guilty people get lawyers. Alan Dershowitz is an amazing guy, by the way. I love having him on the show. Hey, you know who else? Uh, police dogs. Did you see my, my program last night? Uh, police dogs. They're, they're trying to cancel police dogs. Police dogs are racist. Cut 34, please. Cut 34. From the brutal attempts to quell the civil rights movement. Black Lives Matter protests, and their day-to-day use in law enforcement. Police canines remain a gross misuse of force, victimizing black and brown people disproportionately. Yep, yep. You know what? Just about everything. Disproportionately, disproportionately. What they don't tell you ever is the disproportionate amount of crime that happens in black and brown communities. Sorry, it's true. You know, getting... 
taking this out on the police dogs, it's like taking it out on the police cars. Should we all give up our cars because some of those racist cops back in Alabama in 1965 uh, showed up on the scene in police cars? Right. The car, the cars had nothing to do with it. The dogs had nothing to do with it. Dogs are great. They're great for crowd control. They're great for, quite frankly, and from time to time, you got to do this, intimidating people. All right. You know, if you fire a stun gun, you can't take that back. You can't take the bullet back. You ever watch how these dogs operate? They listen to their handler. They will withdraw. They'll come back. You let them go and then you bring them back and then you let them go and then you bring them back. These dogs are great. They're necessary. I, I found a bunch of pictures last night. Actually, it just happened to be. I was like, well, police dogs, uh, police dogs and their handlers. And like the first five pictures that came up were female cops with their dogs. Okay. Female cops, white, people of color, whatever. It, they were just, they're heroes in my book, the dogs and the cops. So this is a movement in California. What's it called again? Uh, SBA 743. They want to ban police dogs. And I just might have to go out to Sacramento to make sure this doesn't happen. Cut 35, please. Cut 35. Black Californians were more than twice as likely to fall victim of police canines than any other group. And 2.6 times more likely than their white counterparts. 2.6 times. Who's going to go look for that paperwork? Let me see all your let me see the documentation of all the times people were bitten by dogs. Okay, now let me see the race of all those people bitten by dogs. Okay, let me do the math here. Two point six times. Did anybody really do all that work? I don't know. Uh, Cut 36, please. It is time to stop passing this issue on to the next generation. And it's time for California to atone for is violent past. Yeah, a tone. This is the same state that wants to hand out a trillion dollars for reparations for slavery. Reparations for slavery. They're really going forward with that. That Gavin Newsom, that skinny, pretty boy uh, Gavin Newsom, who, by the way, dates the wives of people who work for him. How did he get away with that, by the way? All right? I mean, certain things you... He's the mayor of San Francisco, and he was hooking up with his chief of staff's wife while he was on the job. Uh, There's certain things, like kind of like Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, that's it, okay? You can't be in politics anymore, but eh, he's a Democrat. Here's another guy. He says the very existence of these dogs, just that they're alive in the world, is somehow traumatizing. Cut 37. But just their existence <laughs> serves to terrorize and to create a menacing environment in communities that are struggling to survive. Uh, struggling to survive. Menacing, menacing, right? You see that all the time, right? You just see these dogs being unleashed on menacing people. Of course, what I did, I played that on the show, and uh, then I hit them, I hit the viewers with a million pictures of uh, kids of all races petting police dogs, okay? Kids love police dogs. It's uh, it's a shame. This woke movement, there's no stopping it. And there are too few people who are willing to say, hey, cut the crap. That was one of the best lines in movie history. When James Caan tells, uh, what was that guy's name again? Paulie? No, not Paulie. Paul, uh, I don't know. The fat Italian guy in Godfather when he says, hey, why don't you cut the crap? I got more important things for you to do. I just love that. Hey, why don't you cut the crap? 
my wife frowns upon that word, however. Adam in uh, on the Jersey Shore. Hi, Adam. Hey, Greg. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering if the people in Ohio uh, have, uh, you know, a case like a lawsuit case against, I don't know, maybe the EPA for telling them that it's okay to go back home, maybe a little too soon. I mean, these people are probably going to wind up getting cancer or something down the road. Um, I don't know who they have a lawsuit against, but uh, they can, I think maybe they have a case. Uh, Certainly that railroad. But you know what? That stuff goes on for decades. Hey, remember, what was it in New York? Love Canal. Anybody remember Love Canal? Remember that? uh, What were they? What are they? A Superfund site? Do you remember that, Adam? No, it doesn't sound familiar. It might be before your time. It's before my time, quite frankly, but I remember seeing it in a movie. Let's see. Love Canal. Look, litigation takes a million years. It's going to take a long time. I wish those people luck. We'll stay on it. I don't know. And they have got very weak leadership. They certainly should sue that railroad, that guy with his $5 million salary. Thanks, Adam. Let's try Joe in Brookhaven. Yeah, hi. Hey, Greg. uh, It's an honor, and I love your show. But... uh... This Ohio, you're 100% correct. This is race discrimination. That's the pink elephant in the room. They're predominantly white. They're Republican, mostly voters, and they're low middle class income. If this was black citizens, every resource would have been there before the night was over. FEMA, EPA, Salvation Army, tractor trailers full of supplies. They, would, they wouldn't even put illegals into East Palestine, Greg. They would have been evacuated, the whole town. And this is the truth. This is a payback. And they're basically probably Trump supporters. And the government should be cleaning this up, Greg. This is a disaster. Building the railroad, like you said. And this Pete Buttigieg, he's incompetent. He's breastfeeding man, which is weirdo world. Secretary of Transportation, he, he hasn't even been there. Men don't lactate. Uh, and I could say one, I know you're coming out tonight, tomorrow night to America's warehouse. I don't know if I can plug that. I'm going to try to get your book because I love what you speak about, about this race. Uh, what, what your, um, ideology on it, same as mine. I'm a MAGA and it's, it, it has to get out there in our society. Uh, white discrimination going on, reverse discrimination. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Hey, by the way, if it were a primarily black community and they got all the resources, uh, fantastic. That's what they deserve. But that's what these people deserve as well. I made the analogy last night. If this happened in suburban San Francisco, some primarily LGBT queer community, okay, what would what would it have been like? Pete Buttigieg would be embedded there right now. Uh, thanks, pal. Hey, by the way, Love Canal. Uh, starting in 1953, it was sold to a local school district. Over the next three decades, it attracted national attention for the public health problems originating from the former dumping of toxic waste on the grounds. This event displaced numerous families, leaving them with longstanding health issues and symptoms of high white blood cell counts and leukemia. Subsequently, the federal government passed the Superfund law, the resulting Superfund cleanup operation demolished the neighborhood, ending in 2004. The government is almost always initially wrong. Almost always initially wrong in these cases. Um, thank you. Hey, I want to see this guy when we come back. It's that Kirby guy. All right. Uh, give me a moment. Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. 
listening to The Greg Kelly Show. It's that guy who looks like the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off at the White House podium. Let's see what's going on. Yeah. Also uh, resulted in four U.S. troops and one of the working dogs uh, suffering some uh, some injuries. The troops and the working dog are in stable condition. They're being treated at a U.S. military facility, uh, U.S. Milit- medical facility uh, in uh, in Iraq, and I think the Pentagon will have more information on that. Okay, in the back. Thanks, Kevin, and thanks, John. Um, so, first, um, two questions. First, will the American public eventually find out what these three unidentified objects are, including which companies they belong to or which specific benign purposes they uh, have? We would like nothing up. better. But I can't sit here and promise you that we'll get to that level of fidelity of detail. Uh, a lot of it's going to depend on an ability to recover these three objects. And just to remind you, one's on sea ice in the uh, north of. Uh, north of Alaska in Arctic conditions, extreme, extremely bad winter weather up there. They have not been able to really mount anything on the ice to find them now. The others in the Yukon Territory, thick wilderness, um, and as as of today, I don't believe the uh, Royal Canadian Canadian Mountain Police uh, or their investigative. Uh, All right, uh, stop, uh, stop, just, stop, uh, stop, stop. Boy, oh boy, he is a shifty guy. He all looks nervous too. That's uh, Kirby K I R B Y. Wearing a necktie straight out of uh, Premier Khrushchev's closet. Strangest situation in terms of his... Uh... Oh, uh, did you see what I did on the show last night? I did it with in graphic form. Showed all of the eccentric uh, kind of additions, ex- accessories to uh, Mayor Adams's wardrobe. Just totally over the top. And then he says things that just, you know, he's high on his own supply. I think that's the best way to describe it. Cut 40, please. Cut 40. I'm just an overall good guy. (laughs) I'm not sure that gets you anything in Albany, but thanks for sharing. (laughs) Uh, Good good response. That doesn't really get you anything. And according to you, you're an overall good guy. (laughs) And everybody laughs and uh, we get nothing. Nothing is accomplished. This guy is having the time of his life on our time, on our on our dime. I mean, it's really it's really disgrace. This city deserves so much more. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. That's such a big job. Then you got this lunatic running around from microphone to microphone. Nothing in between other than partying and clothes shopping. And he's got crummy taste. I used to say they were nice suits, and then he jumped the shark. A plaid, double-breasted, three-piece peak lapel with a tie bar, pocket square, earring, and bracelets. That's way too much. That's a guy who does not really focus on on, on what he should be focusing on. Hey, I just got to say this about Jared Kushner. The fake news has it all wrong about him. Jared Kushner is a great guy, smart businessman, and he was doing international deals when he was in college Years before he ever met Ivanka Trump, his uh, future wife, this guy bought a $2 billion building, $2 billion, like the most expensive office building ever 
in 2007, but they're trying to put Kushner, drag him down to Hunter Biden's level. Cut 39, please. It's an outrageous abuse of power, and I agree with members of Congress who say it must be investigated. I'm not talking about Hunter Biden. I'm talking about Jared Kushner. We've got to try to keep raising the attention of the American public above the turbulence that the Republicans are going to keep throwing. So they're going to keep trying to bait us with uh, Hunter Biden and ignore Jared Kushner. It's more than Hunter Biden. It's Jim Biden. It's Frank Biden, of course. Uh, It's a lot more than that. But Hunter Biden doesn't know how to do business, whereas uh, our friend... uh, Jared does. He knows what he's doing. He knows this stuff, and he knew it long before he ever met uh, Trump. Hey, I don't know if you can hear this in audio. I know you can see it. Joe Biden, when he's asked yesterday, well, first of all, go to cut 24, please. Cut 24. And then we shot it down, sending a clear message, clear message. The violation of our sovereignty is unacceptable. We'll act to protect our country, and we did. The violation. All right. And then cut 25. Here's where the questions start. I expect to be speaking with President Xi, and I hope we have we're going to get to the bottom of this. But I make no apologies for taking down that balloon. Thank you very much. Sir, there's been criticism. There's been criticism that this was. There's been criticism that this. Sir, Mr. President, Mr. President, there has been criticism. Give me a break, man. (laughs) That's an angry laugh. It's just the way he laughed at that guy in Iowa. Remember the guy who got up there and said, "Your son doing that stuff with the oil company and Burisma and Ukraine and all." He didn't have all of the facts totally straight, but he was right in spirit. And Joe snapped. He was vicious at that guy. Called him fat. Remember that? Now he's kind of honed his act a little bit more. He has that angry laugh. (laughs) Give me a break, man. (laughs) How's this for transparency, right? I mean, don't we want a president who can handle the job? Not this. Cut 26, please. This isn't that this was an overreaction that was done because of political pressure. Okay. You come my office and ask the question when you have more polite people. Mr. President, why have you chosen Poland for your trip to mark anniversary of the war? And what's your message? What? When are you speaking to President Xi, Mr. President? And there he goes. Just walks away. Just walks away. Walks away from his responsibilities. Walks away. It's okay. It's okay. Hey, anything good on television? I'm not watching anything these days. Uh, And I'm also committed to eating one meal a day. This is day four or five. This is day four. And it's working. It's a diet that's working. I eat lunch, no dinner. Yes, I get a little hungry. I have some uh, coffee, decaf, and a lot of club soda. And the hunger goes away. And the pounds. I got this on the NJ Diet brochure, oh, by the way. Good, good stuff. All right, thank you. There's the music. Be right back. Okay, hey, I didn't realize two years ago today, Rush Limbaugh died. Rush Limbaugh, two years ago today. What an amazing man. What a giant, huh? The very, very best. He changed everything, changed talk radio, changed America. Um, So entertaining, so funny, so smart, so articulate. Uh, 
And I've gotten to know his brother, David, actually quite well over the past two years. That's been a real privilege. Um, I'd like to play a little bit of Rush. Let's see here. Rush Limbaugh. Let me just send you this. I think we should hear his voice. And while we wait for this, how about when Trump gave him the Medal of Freedom? Was that awesome? And it was so well-deserved. There would have been no Republican revolution uh, without him. 1994, all that stuff never would have happened. The contract with America. Uh, Cut seven, please. Cut seven. Almost every American family knows the pain when a loved one is diagnosed with a serious illness. Here tonight is a special man, beloved by millions of Americans, who just received a stage four advanced cancer diagnosis. This is not good news, but what is good news is that he is the greatest fighter and winner that you will ever meet. Rush Limbaugh, thank you for your decades of tireless devotion to our country. And Rush, in recognition of all that you have done for our nation, the millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire, and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity, I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. That was beautiful. And they come down, and uh, it's pinned on him. He looked a little bit surprised, but I found out later that he kind of knew ahead of time that he was going to get it. Uh, actually, I knew in the moment he just seemed a little bit too surprised. Uh, but that was just, just great. Rush Limbaugh. Hey, let's hear a little bit of Rush, huh? Can we, please? Of course, I'm forceful in my opinions. I'm confident. I'm self-reliant. I'm self-assured. And that frightens them. Being forceful, being opinionated. <laughs> See, Russ, that's why the 24-year-old girls don't like you. You just, you just, you just so braggadocious. You're so sure of yourself. You just, and they know you mean it. Yeah, I do. Just kidding. (laughs) The best rush. Oh, wow. Yeah, remember, he used to get into it a lot. And uh, it was, oh, here's another one. Go ahead. Please. Yes, no. (laughs) About five weeks ago. Greetings, my friends, and welcome back. This is the award-winning, thrill-packed, ever-exciting, increasingly popular, growing by leaps and bounds, Rush Limbaugh program on the excellence in broadcasting network. I cannot tell you how excited I am, how happy I am to be back. It is uh, one of the biggest thrills of my life to be here, and once again, sharing and discussing and talking things over with you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I must tell you, I'm nervous. I have butterflies in my stomach. I've been anticipating this moment uh, since last Thursday. Actually, since last Wednesday afternoon. Last Wednesday afternoon, I was discharged from the treatment center, which, by the way, was not in Tucson. We succeeded in fooling everybody on that. It was in Arizona, but it wasn't in Tucson. I came to realize a number of things while I was away, and at the top of the list is how much I love all of you. How much I appreciate all of you and um, how much uh, this and other aspects of my life mean to me. And I know that a number of you, uh, you, you ought to see the, the mail I've gotten, the email and the phone response. It, it's, 
the volume is beyond uh, my ability to describe it. If I, you wouldn't believe it. And if I told you how much it is, people would think hype. But it's, um, it's, it's so voluminous. It's so amazingly supportive that it is, uh, it's just gratifying. I, I think what I went through in these last five weeks is as important as the first grade. And- as important as the first grade? Anyway, um, Rush, 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 Rush. I met him once. No, actually, I met him twice. I met him at uh, in Tarrytown at a big event for the Boy Scouts. They were honoring Roger Ailes, and Rush introduced Roger Ailes. And the speech, my goodness gracious, it was just so awe-inspiring. By awe-inspiring, you just saw a superhuman talent. It was it was incredible. Uh, and I believe he did it without notes, or maybe it, like some stuff jotted down on a napkin. He wasn't reading. But it was poetic what he did. And then I saw him in November of 2019 at the Trump International Golf Club outside of West Palm Beach. And Trump and Rush were golfing together and they come into the club and uh, Rush was kind of marveling at Trump. Like, just look at the guy. You know, it's kind of amazing. And I told him about how I saw him at the Tarrytown thing and uh, we talked about Roger And uh, just an amazing broadcaster. Nothing will ever be the same without him, and that's a shame. Hey, do me a favor. Go right back to the White House, if you don't mind. Right to the White House. If you can. This guy's a good reporter. It's that Rosen guy I've always been telling you about. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 Thank you very much, Kareem. And thank you, Admiral. Two questions about this whole series of of military uh, shoot-downs. First... It defies reason that you would have zero idea what these three objects were since uh, the fighter jets themselves took video of their sorties. Will you release the cockpit videos from those missions? I have to refer you to DOD on, on that, James, in terms of releasing the imagery. I never said we had zero idea. I said we don't know what they are, and so did the president. The president also told you that the intelligence community's Leading explanations at this point are that they were a benign purpose, probably commercial, recreation, or scientific research. But uh, we, we, we may not be able to go to 100% certainty on that unless or until we can get to the debris and analyze it. And as I said earlier, that task alone is going to be very difficult. And I can't predict with certainty that we're actually going to be able to get uh, recover the debris. But we never said we had no idea. We have – we can't prove definitively – the intelligence community has helped us try to do some uh, analysis on this, and that's their leading explanation. So you have tried to uh, portray this entire sequence of events as one in which the commander-in-chief demonstrated um, good judgment at the right time and did the right things. Um, the president's critics obviously see it differently. And what they depict is a commander-in-chief who, uh, according to the Washington Post reporting, uh, was able to track this uh, Chinese spy balloon from the inception of its mission off of Hainan Island uh, all the way to U.S. airspace and across the country. And eventually that was shot down after the Chinese had had a good look at whatever they wanted to see with that balloon. And who then uh, presided over a a series of missions in which uh, millions and millions of dollars were spent and, and missiles were fired at objects that you now concede most likely were benign in nature. And that suggests a commander-in-chief who um, overreacted after allowing the Chinese spy balloon to do what it did and then went trigger-happy on a bunch of kites and, and balloons that had no military threat to them. 
What do you say to that depiction of events? I've already, I've already reacted to that exact criticism in the first question of the briefing. I've already reacted to it. Nobody, no Americans in the air were hurt. No Americans on the air, were, uh, in the ground were hurt. James, no significant surveillance achieved by the Chinese spy balloon. Um, and, uh, and now we have an opportunity to learn even more about this program, a program that we started to really study in earnest when we came into office. Um, no apologies here. You make the best decisions you can with the information you have and at the recommendation of the leaders of, uh, in the Defense Department who are going to have to execute on that mission. The President did exactly that. He put the safety and security of the American people first, and he will never apologize for that. Knowing everything you know now, knowing everything he knows now, would he take the exact same steps and shoot off these expensive missiles at these benign objects? We're going to put some more policy parameters in place, James, to govern the way we handle these going forward. You make the best decisions you can with the information you have at the recommendation of military leaders. I can't say it any more than that. Thank you, Quinn. Um, John, you've said often... All right, that was James Rosen. Great reporting there. Great line of questioning. Uh, and he didn't get a sufficient answer, right? No way. No way. I just said earlier, blah, 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 No. This is not the way a country should be working. Oh, and now they're going to come up with a new protocol on how to handle this stuff. We do have a protocol. It's called the military. All right. We have rank structure. We have procedures. We have uh, tactics, techniques, procedures. We train all the time. Uh, now they're going to come up with a new manual for this stuff. Uh, <laughs> we have a military. Uh, at least we're supposed to. Uh, Ellie and Mineola, welcome back. Hi, Greg. How's it going? Fine. Um well, uh, two things. One, I'm, I'm extremely heartbroken that I cannot attend your event tomorrow night. I have a prior commitment, and I can't break in. I'm very upset. <laughs> but hopefully I'll catch you at another event. That's all right. Um, What's the nature of the prior commitment? It sounds very formal. It is pretty formal, but I can't tell you over the air. But I can tell your call screener. <laughs> all right. It's something real. Yeah, it's, it's something good. All right. But, um, what else? Okay, also... Um, Talk about the swampy uh, people out there. Uh, I don't know if you heard that the CEO of YouTube just just resigned today. Um, I tend to think it's sort of related to Jim Jordan's subpoenas, even though she is not personally listed as one of the people being subpoenaed. Um, she just suddenly, you know, decided to uh, resign. Today. I don't even know who this CEO of uh, YouTube is. I mean, I don't know. They haven't. YouTube has not been in the on the hot seat in all this stuff. I, I know that they were there last week or the week before. I don't know. I don't know. So she's gone, huh? Yeah, this is uh, Susan Wojcicki. Um, from what I've studied, you know, over the years about her, uh, she has been. She's similar to Twitter where there was a lot of banning of, of conservative people. Many, many hundreds of channels on YouTube have been banned by her. So she is she is one of the swampy. Um, her sister, uh, Anne, is actually the owner and uh, founder of 23andMe. Hmm. Her sister, Anne, right. was married to the former owner of Google, yeah. Sergey Brin. Oh, yeah, the sister. All right, why are you tracking down all this stuff? <laughs> Because that's who I am. I am a, I'm a researcher. I can't help it. I have to just, you know, when something comes up, I just got to start digging. And hey, you know what the weird part is? Then you know this about uh, the sister, Anne, that she went out with A-Rod, Alexander Rodriguez, for a while. Did you c catch that when you were looking at this stuff? Oh, 
No, I didn't hear about that. It's no, true. It's true. <laughs> Ann Wojcicki, whatever her name, uh, was going out with A-Rod, uh, Sergey Brin's ex-wife going out with Alexander Rodriguez. I think it was more of a PR move. Alexander A-Rod has like 87,000 PR executives all around him, always honing his image and all that stuff. So I think it was done for that. I think it was kind of a stunt, but it did happen. Oh, um, you know, this is, it's just, it's mind blowing how. Uh, What's the bottom just, line? The bottom line is I am so thrilled that she's gone, even though her replacement, the, the somebody who worked for her, he's just as swampy because he's on the board of 23 and me. So he, he's another swamp creature. What is 23? 23 and me is the ancestry thing, right? It's that, yeah, it's that genetic company that takes care of your DNA. And why would you want to give your DNA to some company? I mean, it's just, it's very, uh, to me, it's very suspicious. I don't like any of these people, anyone having my DNA, first of all. So, but uh, the fact that they're tied together with Google and it's just, it's a little bit creepy. Well, you know, they can get it if they want it. You know, they just follow you into the diner and they take some coffee cup that you used. That happens all the, you know that, right? Yeah, I guess so. No, I they can so. they can get it if they want it, and um, they can get it if they want it. Pretty soon they're going to have it. They're going to take it from us at birth. Uh, all right, Ellie, thank you. Uh, I'm glad that that boss you did not like is gone. Uh, sounds That's okay by me. I'll be right back. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Trying to track down. Do you remember there was a big coal mine disaster in West Virginia? It was like a good 15 years ago, at least. The Sago coal mine disaster. 12 guys were killed. And then one of the supervisors was all over the place on the news. And he came on camera and he had soot on his face. Does anybody remember who that guy was? I'm trying to track it down. I could really use somebody like him. Right? I think they could use somebody like him. Uh, in Ohio, there's leadership is part of it is showing up and there's no one on the ground there. Mike DeWine ain't cutting it. Man, that guy is weak. The governor. Oh, gosh. You know, Rudy Giuliani, somebody like him comes along once every hundred years. It's kind of amazing. Uh, there's no leadership in the aftermath of this disaster. Certainly not coming from Washington, Pete Buttigieg, the rest, Biden. Uh, they want nothing to do with it, nothing at all. And we have a real problem, those poor people. And as I mentioned in the caller, you know, I think it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're white and they're working class and nobody gives a damn in our society right now. Unfortunately, I guess we have a bit of a caste system going, right? We have we have rungs and structures and uh, kind of like India. You know, you've got the uh, the Brahmins, the elites, and then you got the untouchables, uh, white working class, untouchable, LGBTQ, especially LGBTQ of color. That's the Brahmin. That's the elite. And uh, I guess we all work for them now. Uh, well, I'm not doing that. You're not doing that. But how do you explain? How do you explain the the shoulder shrug, the shoulder shrug that's they've been met with there? And these poor folks, and they're just. They're good people, and they're, by the way, they're not—they're uh, not going to hurt anybody. That was so insulting what they said that these people would threaten management. You know, school board meetings get a little bit heated. Maybe this thing could get heated. No one's going to die. Don't try to smear us like that. Cut twenty-eight. Is there one unreasonable request or expectation here? Cut twenty-eight. 
I have property that I own here and I have a well and I want to know what's going on with this. Is this seeping going to keep seeping into our ground, into our water? Now that we're home, you don't know what to think. You know, suspicious and paranoid and worried. I think we all want answers. Everybody wants to know what the hell's in the air, in the water. I want to know what I sucked into my lungs. Norfolk Southern should have a presence here. I mean, it was their train cars that went off the rail. I mean, it seems highly inappropriate that you wouldn't have Norfolk Southern here to at least say something. Yeah, you would. Wouldn't you? Poor people. Um, I see the senator is doing his thing, J.D. Vance, but the... No, no, we pay all this money in taxes. FEMA is going back to their fine print. Oh, technically speaking, this is not a disaster area, and there will be no federal. Just come on. Come on. Mike and Wayne, hello. Mikey. How are you? Uh, Real quick, um, I was going to talk about the cognitive test, but now that I heard Kirby, he's a liar. Did you hear what he said? I heard a lot of what he said. What did he say? Remember, he, he said... It did not. The balloon did not get the information that it needed. So what these idiots are saying is that to shoot it down prematurely. Look, it didn't get. A, but- All right, I'll come back to you, Mike. Uh, good point. I think. I thought learning a language. You're listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, what does this mean? Ryan Seacrest is leaving uh, the that that show with Kelly Ripa. Uh, he's actually very he's a very funny guy. I like Ryan Seacrest. Uh, Kelly Ripa, eh, I don't really understand it. Uh, she's does some of the silliest interviews. Silly, silly, silly. Who was on that show once? And all they did was tell this girl how beautiful she was and how envious Kelly Ripa was of her. I think it was. Uh, Who's that posh girl, uh, posh, spice girl, posh, posh spice, uh, Victoria Beckham. And they were just going on and on and on about how their kids share some nursery school. And then they went to some uh, gourmet yoga store and, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. And, and then Ryan actually chimed in. I'm glad he's out of there. He doesn't want to be on that show anymore. Mark Consuelos. Uh, who is that guy? Married to Kelly Ripa. You know who would be kind of upset by this, I think, a little bit? Because he was a great, great, great broadcaster. Now, you don't have great broadcasters anymore because it, it, they produce a whole kind of thing. The person is an, is an afterthought. They just kind of stick somebody in and they produce the whole damn thing. And they say a couple of lines. It's all scripted. Uh, but... Regis knew about managing the energy of a program, and he was so damn good at it, and I miss that guy. He was also a very generous man, very generous with his time, with his time. All right, Mike, were you there? You you All right, so what's the deal? Well, I'm saying Kirby said, well, and then we now know that the uh, balloon, the the first balloon didn't get the information that it needed. So does does that justify, make it better that they waited to went across our whole country? And what if it did get them? How do we know they're telling the truth that it didn't get the information? All right, relax, relax. I know, I know, I know. All right, why is you, I don't want you driving off the road. What's wrong? 
No, I'm just fed up with all their, like Biden and his administration, they're always a day late and a dollar short. And then they come back and they blame everybody else on it, just like with Afghanistan, when he murdered those 13 soldiers. And he, yes, he was responsible for it. And now like this, I mean, he, he was a week short, short and this balloon down and people just go with this. I'm just, I, it boggles my mind. The 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 partisan partisan people of him, they know he's a dimwit. They know he's a moron, but yet they still go with it. They give excuses like, well, he just stutters a lot or no, he didn't mean to say racist things. That happened a long time ago. Would they ever give Trump that kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, know, how to say, uh, I don't know, but they never will give Trump that. Yeah, they never cut Trump slack. No, you're totally right. Hey, just this week, he called a black man, a 45 year old, very healthy black man. Boy, hey, that boy can play, huh? We got to put that boy back in the game. He can play. I mean, he is an out-and-out racist. He is the worst. 1972. This guy stopped growing intellectually in 1972. And in 1972, if you became a United States senator, that was a ticket to financial freedom. Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson went from dirt poor to worth about $150 million. What's that by today's dollars, huh? What is that, like 900 That's a billion dollars. All those radio stations, TV stations, farms, shipping. You know, he he got all that stuff because he was a man in politics. That's the way it was done back then. And it's really that's and that's what he thought he could get, and he did get it. And the standards have changed, although I thought they did, because you're right, the freaking media is letting him get away with this. They have let him get away with this because the alternative is Trump. And they have been programmed to think that he is the enemy. All right. Hang in there, pal. Have a good weekend. And it's going to be okay. Uh, let's try. Oh, Saul called the other day. Saul. Yeah. Hi, Saul in Long Island. Hey, Greg. I wasn't going to call in today, but when I heard you talking about Alan Dershowitz, how, I mean, he's smart. I'm not going to disagree with that. He's a smart man. But I mean, a couple of nights ago uh, on a five o'clock show, he gave Joe Biden a B plus. So he know that's not true. Why you know what, man? No, 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 no. Look, I mean, he is very upfront about who he is. He's a liberal Democrat. He tells you he votes for Hillary Clinton. He votes Democrat. Uh, I, I'm dismayed by that. I don't see it myself. I couldn't do that. But he is brilliant. And this is a man who went to the United States Senate, the floor of the United States Senate, to defend Trump from that outlandish, illegal impeachment. Do you remember that? So... For all of the differences he has with him politically, this is a man who believes in the Constitution. Uh, you know, it's okay. We can have differences. I know it seems like everything's on the line right now. If he wants to believe that crap, he can. He's a brilliant man, and I'm glad we have him in America. Alan Dershowitz. Nobody like him. Nobody like him. And by the way, if he's offering his uh, opinion on Joe Biden and giving him a B plus, that's like his hobby. That's not what he does. He's not a political pundit. It doesn't even matter. Even if he was a political pundit, what difference does it make? It's just some guy on TV giving somebody a B plus. It's what he does with his talent, with his lawyering. You know, that's that's the and these books, these books that he writes that really moves the needle and what he stands up for. I like him. So I'm surprised you went out of your way to call on a today like today and you, you to just say you don't like Alan Dershowitz. 
Well, I, I just, I listen. I never liked that guy. He's a, he's a uh, liberal lunatic, in my opinion. But when you, when he says B plus, he know he's not. He know hey, he's not true. Hey, I, all right. Well, all right. So what? I mean, he's allowed. He's a, You're allowed to be wrong in America. He's a brilliant man. And don't forget, I think you did. By the way, listen to how he defended Trump. Okay, in that phony baloney impeachment. All right. The whole system. This guy has been rejected by the system. Rejected. He's been soft canceled. They tried to destroy him. They tried to tie him up with that Jeffrey Epstein. He was totally innocent. So uh, he's allowed to say whatever he wants. It's a free country. And then again, you are allowed to call in Saul and say you don't like it. So I appreciate it. Let's do one more veto in Staten Island. Hi. Yeah, how are you, sir? How's everything? Uh, talking about Don Lemon, uh, he, uh, you know, he's scripted. Uh, everything he says is scripted. He pushes his white racism. And uh, when when he goes off script, he talks about stupid things, uh, sexual. Uh, what he's talking about is a sexual peak, sexual prime. A male is 21 years and a female is in her 40s. All right. But yet he pushes he pushes uh, white people are racist all over the place. Yet he has a white boyfriend. So, you know, the man's a pure buffoon as far as I'm concerned. No, nothing wrong with having a white boyfriend if you, uh, you know, I mean, we're not going to, are we going to, white racism, anti-white racism from Don Lemon? Let me hear this comment again. What did he say that has everybody so upset? Let's go, uh, cut four, cut four. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that, I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's talk? Not acor- Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. I don't necessarily. 40s. Oh, I got it. I'm not saying decade. I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that. Well, you know, politicians aren't in their I think prime. You need, need to qualify. To are you talking about prime for like childbearing, or are you talking don't shoot about the prime for being saying president? What the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime and they need to be in their prime when they serve because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to Google Google or whatever it is. Uh, You know, I got number one. I I hate when people say you got to be careful about saying that. You should really be careful about saying that. Hey, look, it's a talk show. It's a morning talk show. You're allowed to say provocative things, even stupid things. I mean, really, it's just a morning chit chat show. You're supposed to chit chat. People argue. People uh, disagree. Uh, I was a little bit taken aback by Nikki Haley. I thought it was a little bit ageist myself, uh, pointing at she's 50-something years old, and she's like, oh, these 70-year-olds, these 70-year-olds, these 70-year-olds. Uh, calm down, Nikki. And uh, I was very unimpressed with uh, everything that uh, she came out with the other day, and especially the the, the uh, video from the night before. So I don't know. I'm all right with it. I guess. I mean, do I want? I don't want anybody to be canceled, except my except my enemies. Marianne, one more, Philadelphia. Hi, Greg. Yes. Yes, dear. Um, it's about the uh, train wreck. You know, seventy percent of the people that live there are Trump supporters, and uh, Joe Biden already was in Philadelphia at the Independence Hall, told us what he thought about us, us fascists. Trump supporters. So what does that make Mike Pence, I wonder, you know? And they should have kept it cool, that tank, instead of blowing it up. And um, by the way, Doug Mastriano, 
He's jumping on this, so you might want to interview him. He's jumping on what? Doug Doug Mastriano. He's very upset about what's going on, and he's going to try what, to get the to train? the bottom of it. Yeah. Well, Doug Mast- you know, Doug Mastriano, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How many points did he lose by? 20? How, what did he lose by over there? <laughs> I don't know. All right. I mean, I, I I thought there was he was going to do a better job. I was very disappointed. I also, uh, from what I see, he wasn't really campaigning all that hard in the end. What was up with that? Did you, Marianne? You're pretty. You watch this stuff really carefully. Where the hell was Mastriano up until the end? He wasn't doing interviews. He did one on my show, but he was like he went dark. He went dark in the moment of truth. What's up with that? They they the Democrats got us with the uh, abortion thing. That's what they did. Uh, yeah. You know, look, uh, you still keep fighting. You keep fighting. And, oh, by the way, I'm glad they overturned Roe v. Wade. I'm glad they overturned it. I think it needed to be overturned. A country that sanctions that kind of stuff, well, that's not a that's not a good country. So I'm glad. I'm glad. Doug Mastriano. So what happened to that guy? I, you know, he's I, all over it. What is he? He has no skill in any of this stuff. I mean, I don't mind. I like the guy, but yeah, I'm a little bit. Uh, you know, let's see here. What did he lose by? Doug Mastriano. Doug Mastriano. Well, he's in this. He's in the wrong state. He's right next door. He can't do anything about it. All right. Well, can I tell you something about Trudeau? Yeah. Okay. Tucker. Uh, he had a piece on him. I think it was Tuesday night, <sighs> and he showed Trudeau because Trudeau wants us to know that he helped Joe Biden bring down the balloons. And if you watch him and listen to what he says, and then when he's done, back it up, hit the pause button, and slow walk it forward, I wonder if you're going to see what I see. And he didn't do it for the people. Okay. Well, what did you see? He did it to have Joe's back because Joe screwed up with the first balloon. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, sure. Yeah. Those liberals uh, sticking up for each other. Uh, w- yeah. 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 I hear you, Marianne. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, so you watch Tucker. What do you uh, what do you like about Tucker? I like Tucker, too. What do you like most about Tucker? Oh, he, he just lets it. He just lets it all out. I mean, he just tells the truth, just like you do. Thank you. That's why I want to get your book, because your book is like your show. Then I need to have it. Well, hey, what are you waiting for? It's available wherever books are sold. It's called Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And uh, please don't be one of these people who come to me and they're like very expectant. Hey, where's my book? <laughs> I'm like, well, anyway, Marianne, uh, thank you for your consideration. I hope you buy a copy. It's good stuff. And uh, uh, Doug Mastriano, uh, I, yeah, we had we had high hopes for him and it did not work out. Let's see. And now it's uh, this Shapiro character. Shapiro, by the way, I don't see it myself, but the Democrats are crazy about him. And this guy potentially will be the nominee if they can get Joe Biden out of there. And they might. uh, It could be it could be Shapiro. And he does not look good at all to me. Uh, Possibly even worse than Joe. Be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. This is The Greg Kelly Show. You know, there's just not as much stuff to do anymore, you know? 
used to like to go to the movies. If I went to the movies, I felt like I did something. You know, it just felt like you did something. You saw something. You may have learned something. You've been exposed to something. You went out. You engaged in the economy. You, you know, you just did something. I went to the movies this weekend. Now it's uh, what you can't go to the movies. Nobody goes to the movies. Nobody even knows what's playing. Uh, you sit around watching Netflix. Those shows, now they're all starting to seem the same to me. I don't even think that... I feel like there's nothing to buy either. What do you buy? What do you What do you need that's not on your phone? I got a stopwatch. I got a moon watch. I got a map. I got a celestial map. I got uh, just everything. Uh, why are they even stealing stuff from people anymore? You know, the phone only works for one person. If you don't have the password, you're kind of... You can't really use somebody else's phone... Um, I don't know. There's just less to do. Now, one thing I am doing is taking my little girls to the museum and to, uh, and it's, they love to go to the Lego store just walking around town is, is pretty cool. They're learning a guy here at work though. He tells me he's got the same problem. He's got two boys, two and four. And the four-year-old is very, very mean to the two-year-old. Well, my three-year-old is very, very mean to the one-year-old. And it's really disconcerting to see her hit the baby, you know, with something over a toy right over the head. And then she cries and oh, gosh. Anyway. Oh, we also have this going on. The older one in the middle of the night. Guess what she does? She gets up and comes to our bed. And we don't have the heart to kick her out. So I know this is violating everything in Dr. Spock's handbook or whatever, but we let the girl uh, sleep in the bed until morning, pretty much. We try putting her back in the crib. It doesn't work. Then we put her in another place. It doesn't work. So screw it. And uh, we all sleep. Uh, and uh, But it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. All this stuff. It's great. It's just, uh, it's it's one pain in the neck. It really is. And you're always getting up and sitting down and getting up and sitting down and tending to them all the time. You're like a butler. They, you, you're, you really are. You're like their butler. And uh, that's okay, though, right? That's uh, it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I will be in Ronkonkoma for this uh, great book signing event set up uh, at the hall there. I'm really looking forward to it. Six o'clock tomorrow night, I believe. I believe it's sold out. Uh, it's it's all to uh, kind of celebrate this book. I think there's going to be food too. Uh, the book is called Justice for All: How the Left Is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Just might be made into a movie, by the way. Preliminary discussions are underway. Uh, that's exciting, huh? Hmm? Who would play me in the movie, I wonder? Um, and uh, Rush, we miss you. Two years later, two years ago. Oh, and two years ago today, you know who called me on the phone to talk about it? Donald Trump. And we patched him through, and we talked about him on Newsmax, and uh, it was great. I had about a half-hour conversation with the president and uh, I got him to talk about other stuff, too. We talked about Rush for about 10 minutes, and then it was on to uh, politics and Joe Biden and what's next. And remember, that was just a little while after January 6th, the most hyped, distorted day in American history. Tonight, by the way, we can never forget uh, those poor people who are still in jail uh, for not harming anything, uh, not harming anybody or breaking anything. And the killer of Ashley Babbitt, Lieutenant Michael Byrd, is uh, wearing his gold medal and walking around Capitol Hill. Can you believe that one? And so is big, dumb cop Harry Dunn. At least Michael Fanone had the decency to quit. And now you can find him on CNN oh, or on the Internet hitting up people for money. 
Yeah, he's desperate for cash. And he got about a half million dollars, just like that. In addition to who knows how much money he got from uh, Soros and the gang. Uh, so there's that. Hey, all right. So, look, I got to run. Let's just check in with one guy before we go, uh, and that would be uh, Don in – where are you, Don? Hi. Hey, Greg. How are you? Where are you? Hopewell, New York. Okay, what's up? Sounds like your job is more therapy than the job, huh, Greg? You better not let them find out. What do you mean by that? You know, you're talking about your life and everything. You're getting a lot of therapy out of your job. You got a beef with that? No, it's cool. All right, so what's up? Here, here, here's my point. Uh, do they know where the Goodyear blimp and Oscar Mayer hot dog balloon are? There is no and, Oscar uh, Mayer. They... There, there is no Oscar Mayer hot dog balloon. Well, they used to be. No, there, guess... there's a truck. There's a truck, and there's a big difference between that. There's no balloon. What's your point about the Goodyear blimp? You know, they better not shoot that out of the sky, huh? The pilots should get hazard pay, maybe. All right, Don. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to laugh at that one. I've seen the Goodyear blimp, by the way. They park it at a place in Florida right by the Tampa airport where I've been quite a bit. It's still flying around, and they've got the Snoopy blimp as well. Uh, finally, oh, Brian, you're in Ohio, man. Hey, how you doing out there with that crazy cloud? Oh, uh, well, luckily it missed me, I think. They say it's okay, but I don't know. I'm about 90 miles away from it. No, that's pretty close in my book. Anyway, what's up? Oh, well, uh, I've been following that since it happened, and it was on local news before any national coverage was was here. And when it happened, it wasn't a big deal. It was just a little footnote. And then when it got to – it happened on a Friday two weeks ago today. And then when you got to Monday and Tuesday, they decided that the best way to keep it from exploding because they were worried about it exploding – was to blow it up. Mike DeWine decided that. That was DeWine's decision? That's what it seems like from listening to his press conferences. Well, uh, career politician, the guy's been in public office since 1977. I don't know what he knows about explosions. Uh, He's been particularly unimpressive in all of this. Hey, Brian, listen, I got to go. I'm glad you're okay. 90 miles is uh, not as far as you think. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax and tomorrow in Ronkonkoma. This is New York's talk leader, the crown jewel of talk radio. WABC New York and 107.1 WLIR Hampton Bays. News first at 59 past the hour. 77 WABC News starts now. 77 WABC News first at 59 past the hour. 50 degrees light rainfall on this Friday, February 17th. Good afternoon. I'm James Flippin. Breaking news. WABC. Out of Staten Island, a fire that broke out about an hour and a half ago on Staten Island has left two firefighters injured. The multi-alarm blaze broke out at a home on Shotwell Avenue in the Arden Heights section. Video from the scene shows a thick column of smoke rising from the area. There was an internal collapse there at the home after firefighters responded. But the fire department says all personnel have been pulled out and accounted for the two injured smoke eaters taken to Staten Island University Hospital North. Four U.S. troops were wounded in a helicopter raid that killed an ISIS leader in Syria. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby speaking from the White House. U.S. military and SDF partner forces conducted a helicopter raid against an ISIS senior leader, a man named Hamza al-Hamzi. Uh, and he was 